When I was in the psych ward in my early 20s, in a catatonic, vegetative, severe depression with very serious suicidal ideation, the psychiatrist who was treating me at the time, who might I add was terrible, gave me the prognosis, quote unquote, poor. I know this because later on I went and got my medical records from the facility that I was hospitalized at because I've always had this quest for knowledge and I've always wanted to know what my records say about me, whether it's when I had cancer or any other test. And this psychiatrist deemed me, um, I guess, somebody that was maybe never going to recover or get better. And as an early, you know, young adult, to see that I had received a poor prognosis was pretty daunting. And I also know that at the time, my friends and family, I'm fairly certain, thought I was quote-unquote crazy. Now, this was in the 90s, early 90s, and there was even more of a stigma surrounding mental health issues than there is now. There was no internet per se or you know, uh, universal knowledge on a severe depression. And for many, many years, I was very hesitant to disclose to any potential intimate partner that I had experienced this level of depression and been put in a psych ward because I feared that it would be weaponized against me. And at times it was when I chose to disclose it, because what it does is it biases people against you. Anytime you have any sort of emotional reaction to anything, their first thought is, oh, she's a depressive, crazy person. And it depends on their emotional growth and their emotional intelligence and self-awareness and and how much they care about you and know you as a person. Now, throughout the years, I battled this depression and I overcame it. It reared its ugly head um, throughout my life, uh, particularly when a major life event occurred. I was diagnosed with cancer at 37 years old with a still young child in the home, and I lost everything. It was before Obamacare. I didn't have proper insurance, and I had to move in with my sister. And, and I was finishing my master's degree at the time, so I, you know, there were a lot of uh, things that uh, I experience that contributed to becoming depressed again, but it certainly wasn't at the level that I had experienced because I did gain a lot of coping skills and had 
attended therapy and learned everything I could about my disease, major depressive disorder. But throughout the years, I have learned how to cope with the depression and treat it. And I am now in remission from my depression. I have not taken medication in quite a while. And although I'm still in therapy for other reasons, I am happy to say that that prognosis of quote unquote poor was incorrect. However, this podcast is called, Is She Crazy? And the way that this topic relates to that is our vulnerabilities, our past, maybe times that we sought help for either a mental health issue or a substance issue or both, those things can be weaponized and they are weaponized against us. And I'm sure this goes for men and women. I'm speaking from a women's perspective because that's what I know. So that's the first topic that I wanted to touch on in this week's episode is when we share vulnerable experiences such as the one I just shared, those things are weaponized against us. And so we have to be careful and we have to have boundaries and we have to not overshare or share too quickly with people. Now, I am at the point in my life at 48 years old where I frankly don't care. And having experienced everything that I have in my life, there are very few things now that trigger me. They are very specific. I know exactly what they are. I've come to the point where I know myself very well. And if somebody has an issue with the fact that I have experienced depression, that would just bounce off me. And it's, it's not something I worry about anymore. Now, I, I have in the past as I mentioned, and it's something that I would have been very hesitant to share. But it is something that I wanted to discuss briefly at the beginning of this episode, because it does happen. And again, uh, to emphasize, it is something that can also bias people against us, because hence, forth after the share, every reaction is now, oh, this person has had a mental health illness or a mental health crisis, or they have been depressed. You know, is this from that? It's as if a woman shares, oh, I have severe PMS. And every time after that, it's, oh, are you PMSing? Are you on your period? Um, So I wanted to touch on that subject. Uh, I think it's important to, to just know a person extremely well before we share those, those very vulnerable and raw um, experiences. But I also think that if you look at the totality of evidence of who the person is, are they crazy or did they simply seek help and treatment for what is a very common experience? And by the way, even if I were crazy, I wouldn't care. I mean, I don't think that anybody is less than if they have a a 
mental health diagnosis. I have a mental health diagnosis. I think we just learn to need to learn to have grace and empathy with everybody. There's nobody that is normal. We all have our quirks and our our eccentricities and and I spent many years in a clinical setting with people diagnosed with schizophrenia, many of whom uh, were uh, unfortunately not able to be treated with antipsychotics effectively, and they were amazing and, and fascinating, and I loved being around them. I loved listening to, listening to them speak, even in their state of psychosis. And so I don't have any issue with anybody who would, quote-unquote, be deemed crazy. But in this podcast, we're talking about more um, the the charged word crazy in in more the sense of dating and in, in specifically in the beginning of a dating relationship. So the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is very common, is when somebody experiences jealousy. And especially in the beginning of a dating relationship when things are not as defined. So a, a good scenario that has happened multiple times. I've heard about it. It's happened to me. And I'll just lay I'll just lay out something that might be common. So two people meet, they start dating, perhaps they are getting along well, things are going um, things are progressing, things are going well. They've met online um, in the woman's mind. Uh, this is turning into a serious relationship, a serious monogamous relationship. All of a sudden, through some means, she finds out that the gentleman is still online dating. He still has his profile active and he's still seeking quote-unquote dates. <clears throat> so oftentimes what can happen, especially if the woman in this case has some underlying complex trauma or some underlying trust issues, there can be some behaviors involved in this scenario. Now in, in a perfect world, we would hope that there are two healthy, intact individuals that can have a very productive conversation at this point. And that's the goal that we all want to be at, right? We all want to be able to take the scenario, sit down, express our feelings, and come to a resolution. Not everybody is at that point yet. Uh, it takes some self-development. So let's say in this case, the woman decides to do some behaviors, uh, whether it's checking his phone somehow clandestinely, um, creating an online dating profile uh, in a different person's name and going on and pretending to be somebody and starting up a conversation with him. You get the point. If there are some behaviors that are now going to be deceptive on her part, instead of confronting the situation head on. Now, fast forward, he finds out that, you know, these things are happening. 
and decides to break off the dating, the young dating relationship. Then he goes and tells all his friends and everybody he knows how crazy she is. Now she's crazy. But let's, let's break down this scenario a little bit further. We can look at what happened in retrospect. Perhaps the gentleman during the time that they were dating was giving her words of affirmation, such as, I am so happy that we met. I'm really enjoying uh, getting to know you. Perhaps he was texting her quite a bit, spending a lot of time with her. Hence, she was getting the message that this was something that he was taking seriously. And the perception was that it was turning into something that she had desired, maybe even for a long time. And maybe he was saying those words because he knew that that's what women want to hear. But his actions outside of that were not 100% lining up. So because maybe he just wasn't 100% sure yet. And this happens quite often on both sides, not just in this exact gender role. So this is where we can see that there are just different perceptions and had we just stopped there and like I said had a healthy conversation about it then that would be again perfect world scenario but because the woman in this case became triggered and maybe she has attachment disorder maybe she has abandonment issues maybe she's been cheated on maybe she has trust issues Maybe she doesn't know how to put healthy words together and be assertive. And granted, in this case, she does have the responsibility to go through that self-development and go through that self-awareness and raise her ability to express herself. But in this case, she chose to do some behaviors. And this happens. It happens a lot. But the gentleman, he had every right to break off the dating relationship because of those behaviors. And I'm not faulting the gentleman for doing that. However, if he would have stopped and reflected and said, maybe I was giving her the wrong impression. And yes, she chose to do behaviors that were not healthy but what did I do to contribute? What could I have done better? What did I do to make her believe A, B, and C? And what were maybe some of her underlying issues that made her kind of spin a little bit and get so hurt by this? See, what we do is we allow people to not take accountability if we take the lazy route and the lazy excuse of, oh, she's just crazy. It, he's, he's now been let, let off the hook 
and he hasn't had to do any reflection as to his part in contributing to her feelings. He doesn't have to accept the behavior. He can have his healthy boundaries. But by cutting it off there, not doing any self-reflection, not understanding what he did to contribute to the issue, and just saying, oh, another crazy one bites the dust. Now he's going to go on to the next person that he meets online and say, all I meet are crazy people. And then he's probably going to continue telling people what they want to hear while exploring his options and then not understand that invulnerable people who perhaps have not learned that level of communication yet, he's contributing to the problem. So that's just one scenario surrounding jealousy in the beginning of a relationship that demonstrates how these, how this she's crazy comes about. So my goal with this podcast is just to say, and, and who, you know, the, the intended audience may not even receive this. It perhaps would be awesome if both men and women would listen to this because ideally in this scenario, the man would have said, I take accountability for contributing to how you felt. I could have said a more realistic, you know, set of words to you. I'm enjoying getting to know you and I, you know, want to see where this goes but I want you to know that I am still online. I am still seeing other people to temper her expectations. And then therefore she's not blindsided and not triggered. And again, she's responsible for her own triggers. She's responsible for her her own behaviors and her own reactions and learning communication skills. But Oftentimes in these scenarios, both people contribute to the issue and not just one person is crazy. Is she crazy because she had a valid feeling and just perhaps didn't know how to express herself? So that is a scenario surrounding being triggered in the beginning of a relationship due to misperception. So in this podcast, I just, I'm going to attempt to break down some of these scenarios that we all have either participated in, observed, or we have thought about, or, you know, we, we want to avoid and we want to be able to correct in some cases. I know for myself, I would rather have the open conversation, the honest conversation from the beginning and temper my expectations. And if I were to find out that somebody is still exploring their options, of course, I would hope that I'm at the point in my development where I could have 
a healthy conversation. But I also think that in, again, this is from my perspective only because I do date men. I hope that men learn how to not just say what they think we want to hear, but give a more realistic and tempered view of what is actually going on. And that would help avoid some of this. So again, these uh, episodes are going to be really short because it's just me. I am going to uh, plan on bringing on guests, but I was finishing up my my other podcast, which is In Serenity, A Sobering Tale. And we just, my son, my daughter, and I just finished our last episode in that podcast. And that episode is available now. It's called Lazarus, which means kind of a rebirth. Um, It details my son's uh, journey through sobriety when he went through a rebirth. And so I wanted to uh, get that series done and post it. So in this one, I do plan on bringing on guests and exploring uh, all kinds of topics surrounding, quote unquote, is she crazy? And I just do thank you so much for listening. This is just uh, just thoughts that I wanted to get out um, that I've experienced through my life and through my dating experiences. And I just thank you so much. <laughs>